I tried really hard this season to keep these episodes to 30 minutes or less. This one is a total fail. It's a total fail. There was nothing that I was willing to chop. I say this every time. There's so much here. Danielle is one of my favorite humans. She is on the other end of the line anytime that I need a talk, that I need a level set, that I need to check in with myself and who I am and how I want to show up. Danielle is complicated and she's layered. She's hilarious. She's honest and she's raw and she's real. And that's just like the little tip of the iceberg of why I adore her so much. If you don't know her, you will know her after this conversation. In this business of not so good ones, um, Danielle is a good one. And I'm grateful for her friendship and that she is here navigating this world and this industry alongside all of us. So let's do it. I am your host, Meg McKean, and this is Bound and Determined. Okay. How are you? How are you feeling about this? So I got your text last night. Yeah. Totally like what I'm, I'll go with your flow, your energy. Yeah. Today. It's funny. It's, it's probably related to, I was talking to my therapist last night and I, I had shared with her that, you know, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm actually being, I'm being interviewed for a podcast tomorrow. I'm a little nervous about it. And we were talking and I and like at the end, after we had had this whole other conversation about all these other things that are going on in my life that are anxiety inducing right now, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. And we were talking a little bit about it. And, and ironically, like I said to you last night, it's, that I'm someone that I don't think people would ex- would know or expect gets as nervous and anxious about things as I do, <laughs> but I do <laughs> quite. Um, and it's that same anxiety that happens when you send an email. And even though you spent 20 minutes crafting it and rereading it before you even sent it, then you sent it and immediately you're like, oh God. And you look at it right afterwards and you're sent and tear it apart and pick it and like, oh God, oh, you find a grammatical error. You find something you misspelled, use the wrong word. It's that same kind of like, it's not soul crushing anxiety, but it's that same level of nervousness where I'm like, eh, an element of like imposter, like this interesting that she wants to interview me. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about. You know, like, like there's, there's an element of that, you know, like, like, yeah, yeah. So you there's a reason you're my friend and there's a reason <laughs> you're on the podcast and I feel you. We both share an anxiety diagnosis, if you will, yeah. and we're both navigating it in different ways and and using our tools and building our toolbox. And every once in a while, it's still there. And one of the things I'm acknowledging is like I've been living with low level anxiety my whole life. I am a, I guess, an anxious person at a baseline. And so, yeah. why aren't we just talking about this stuff? But we're like we're gonna make some magic out of this mess. We're just ta- now we're just <laughs> okay. talking and we're gonna make it all <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tee this up by saying I had very much a career high last week. I was fortunate to be emceeing a leadership conference for women in insurance with digital yes. insurance. And in the moment, we did a like pass the mic thing at the end where participants got to ask questions and reflect on the day and one of the questions was about imposter syndrome. And like the woman who asked the question stood up with the microphone and she's like, I felt my imposter syndrome walking in the room. Like, why, why am I here? Why I don't deserve to be here? There's so many other people who are more qualified and that's classic imposter syndrome. So what do I do? I literally from the podium at the front of the room, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling it too right now. And I felt it in the lobby when I did my power pose and I <laughs> felt it on the 
left to the stage before I took the stage and I did my deep breathing. And, and then my first thought was like, I just totally shot down my authority and my expertise because I admitted that I feel imposter syndrome. And then it was like this balance of like, did I say too much? Did I overshare? Did I, now am I deserving and worthy of being in that position? And then I'm like, do I care? Right. right? Like I, right. So it's this. And then there's just a spiral. Right. And then there's a spiral of like, and, and like, spoiler alert, they asked me to come back. So apparently I didn't, Excellent. I didn't overshare, but I do think as women, as women in leadership, as we're figuring this stuff out, there isn't a clear moment where someone taps you on the shoulder and says, Danielle, you've made it. You're a leader. Like here's your <laughs> right. moment to shine. It's a very right. gradual and a very awkward two steps forward, one step back. I don't want to assume that's been the case for you. It's certainly been the case for me. Does that, do you relate to that? It, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny when I think about how I lead and how I communicate with my team, I often categorize it as in all in all of my teams, honestly, I categorize it as overly casual, and I'm an I'm an over communicator, and I'm I'm very comfortable in my day to day with the people who I work directly with, with the people who are on my team, and all of that. And I don't often feel like that under because that's who I am, and I cannot I cannot show up any other way every day. It's just not going to work for me. But when I think about being in front of a room where you're emceeing this also everything looked great. I'm, I'm sad. I, I missed it. Um, which, cause it, it looks awesome. like we'll so many, yeah. so many people in our network when um, somebody I work with was actually honored at the event. Like there's, it, it looked amazing, that very awful FOMO. But when I think about standing in front of a room that large with that many people, and it's not people you work with every day, it's not people are like, Oh man, you know, like in all of that, like, it's it's a very different feeling. And I I sometimes diminish, like I use it to my advantage, but then I sometimes will, you know, I did it two or three times in meetings just in the last two days where I'm like, oh, well, wouldn't be a meeting if Danielle didn't say something, you know, and, and those, and I use it as like almost a disclaimer before I speak um, mm. when I'm unmuting myself to say something that there are side conversations happening about, but we all have something to say, you know, like, and I've always done that. I've always been like, well, you know, you guys know me. I'm, yeah, that's me. I know, but it's almost like I'm counterbalancing the fact that I am somebody who will speak my mind because I can't help myself. It is, it, 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 it's like this spiral of, it's the same. I, I always, I use that email example because it, it's that same feeling. It's that same like doubt mm. that occurs that like, I, do they even take me seriously anymore? Like what just happened? And <laughs> I've asked for feedback from peers recently where I'll say is, are, is, is the way I just showed up in there or, you know, or, or I'll, I've, I've asked my leader recently who I've known for a little bit when I've presented certain topics in certain forums, was that okay? Because my inherent nature is to just show up the same way, no matter where I am. But sometimes it's kind of casual and, you know, like I just, I just share what's going on and it's, could be an overshare depending upon the audience. <laughs> um, but then you doubt your own authority and then it just cues a spiral. When you're somebody who has anxiety, it's just it, the thing that you're upset about or worried about or whatever is never just about the thing. <sighs> I don't know. That's, that's why I'm in therapy. It's why I'm in two yeah. different kinds of therapy. <laughs> and frankly, they're working. Um, I've had some things occur recently where I could feel the spiral. And honestly, personally, something just happened between my husband and I just the other day. And I was so upset and so mad. I, and I said to him later, I said, you know, I'm trying not to make this about 
more than we miss this appointment. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to do that. I'm having a very hard time doing that, but I just want you to know. But just the acknowledgement of it and saying it to him out loud, like never, I would have just stood and spiraled. And, and I did a little bit, but acknowledging it to say, okay, this is happening. This is where your brain is going. Maybe don't let it go there for too long. Let's just acknowledge it. But it's been a lot of hard work. Yeah. Like a lot. It's been a, I have put in a lot of hard work to be able to get to that point where I can even acknowledge that, okay, wow, you're a little out of pocket right now. Calm down. Rain it in. Yeah. I feel that. Just yesterday, I was reflecting with a friend about my own experience with therapy. I've been to visit therapists and counselors at different points in my life for the first time in college when I was in a, a very unhealthy relationship and just very, just very confused about adulthood and life and what was going on in the moment. And then when I was navigating the end of my marriage, we we were in therapy as a couple. And then I stayed in as a single, newly single woman as I was reestablishing what that was going to look like. And then a year ago, there wasn't a, a remarkable moment. There wasn't something an incident. There wasn't I just didn't feel good. I just, mm. I knew that all the tools and the skills and the resources and my good friends and my circle of trust and all of that, it just wasn't enough. And so I started going more intensely. And what I realized yesterday when I was kind of thinking about like, it's been actually more than a year and this is not me on my soapbox advocating for therapy though I do. And somehow that's become a common theme this season in particular <laughs> on the podcast, but I'm really proud of going and I'm really proud mm. of exactly what you're talking about, that I see a difference in myself and I see some things that have been a struggle my whole life yeah. are still a struggle, but I acknowledge the struggle and yeah. I'm able to make different choices in the moment. And I think I'm better. I'm better as a human. I'm a better friend. I'm a better business woman. I'm a better, all the different ways that I show up in the world because of that willingness to like not have the answers. And so I say that because I'm, I'm just reflecting back. That's growth. And it, oh yeah. my gosh, that is growth. And <laughs> this I was prepared for, by the way, oh. <laughs> prepared. <laughs> oh yeah. I think we just have to, we have to pause every once in a while and acknowledge like this stuff's hard and it the is. choice. <laughs> The choice to show up differently yeah. is a choice and it's hard. It is. It is. It's, and it's hard. And it's, you know, for me, I've never been somebody who's been, I don't want to say I've not been comfortable being uncomfortable because that's not a, I, I've never been comfortable being uncomfortable about my own discomfort, I guess is the best way to say that, right? Mm -hmm. When yeah. things happen to me and around me, partly I'm like, oh, and we're moving on. All right. You know, like if something awful happens in my life, I work like that's been my coping mechanism for my entire adult life. And as a child, as a kid in high school and college, it was to go to school, be in every single extracurricular activity you could possibly imagine. Also have a part-time job. Also babysit. You know, I went to college. I worked three jobs while I was in college. Um, I had to work. I, I wasn't somebody who didn't have to work, but did I have to work three? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all that, you know? And if you never stop, you don't have time to deal with or feel feelings. You just move on and things just keep happening. But, you know, about 10 years ago, 
actually it was, it was 10 years ago last month, my family experienced something extremely traumatic, uh, which was the result of years and years and years of things that were occurring. And it was, it was an event that I thought, huh, you know, this is kind of a lot. I probably should go to therapy. This is, I, I was living um, alone in Staten Island and I didn't have any family nearby. Uh, my closest friends were not, everybody very, you know, we have phones, we have internet, we have whatever, but I didn't have somebody every day that I could go and talk to. I was working in an agency and while I worked with wonderful people, I wasn't surrounded, I was surrounded by three people. You know, like it wasn't, that I, I'm, I'm going to go to therapy. This is, this is a serious thing. I'm, I need to go. And, you know, I, probably could have afforded a therapy before then but it was the first time and you know, also finding a therapist like the reason people don't stick it out finding a therapist sucks mm. it's just it's really it's worse than dating you are meeting a stranger and within the first 15 minutes of knowing them you're like oh here's everything that i never tell people until like it's, it's awful and sometimes it takes several sessions for you to even get to something serious and then sometimes you get to something serious and you're like oh god I do not like the way they just responded to that. It takes a really long time to find somebody. And I, I was lucky enough that I found a wonderful therapist when I was in Staten Island and we did what we could. And she was there during a time where the fallout from that event was awful. And I ended up moving to the Philadelphia area a couple of years later. And I, she and I kept in touch digitally for a while because I couldn't, I also, I love her. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, she was the reason that I'm still in therapy because it was, so, it was so wonderful. And then, you know, I stopped and then over time I was like, all right, I, I really, this is something I need. And, and I had to, I went through three or four and I found, I've been seeing the same therapist now for a while, but even then, you know, we've, she's wonderful and, she, and she's, she is, she's wonderful, but we've hit a wall and there are things that we work through where she's like, but Danielle, there's something, what is it? And I'm like, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I, I don't, what, what, where do you feel? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> she actually referred me. And it's funny because this is something that people hear. And unless you've experienced, people think that like, it's this very intense, very like wild experience that only crazy, you know, like people who have awful things go to. And I, I she referred me to, and she had been trying for years. And just within the last year and a half, um, I said, you know what? You're right. And I went and I now see an EMDR therapist as well. And the combination of the talk therapy and the regular, you know, just the regular therapy that I have with my regular therapist and the comfort and the relationship that we formed over the last six years, I think. And then to add on this other different modality, I have seen such a change. And even just, like I said, the even if I just gave up with my husband, like I've been able to think more about what I'm upset about, why I'm upset and what is frustrating me and communicate it to him in a way that I don't have to bottle it up and wait and what, you know, and, and then resent him a little bit because I'm, well, you know, I don't have to do that. It just, it happened the other day. I said, I need a minute. I went downstairs. I folded some laundry. <laughs> I came back up. It's like, are you mad? I said, yes, yes, I am. And he goes, is it something I did? I said, well, you certainly didn't help. <laughs> and, then I, and I explained the occurrence and, you know, I, I let, I had, you know, something that happened between he and I in the, in the middle of the day over the phone that upset me. And then, you know, I, I went into a work meeting that, you know, you just get like, whatever things happen, things got heated. And there was a side conversation that happened there that I probably got a little overreactional when I was having the side conversation. And then, you know, it just, it adds up on itself. And later that evening, while I was thinking about it, I was able to sit down and be like, okay. 
okay, that maybe was a little bit much. Let's think about what's happening here. Because <laughs> um, pausing to think before I speak is not a strength of mine. <laughs> it's, it's not. I am proud to say that I am somebody who's extremely self-aware. And some things about me, I have learned that I cannot change them. And that's okay. I don't have to. Um, but I have to learn how to, like, my facial expressions. That's a good example. I can't control my face. It just happens. I can't. It's you just have a like, terrible, and, terrible poker face. <laughs> terrible. And anyone who, like, anyone who listens to this is going to die laughing as soon as they hear that. Like, I, I cannot, my face says all of the things. So even if I wanted to be somebody who lies to you, I couldn't. Because my face will tell you my thoughts. Now, could I process my thoughts a little bit differently and maybe deliver them in a different tone, in a different manner, through a different medium? Sometimes, yes. Yes, I can. Um, I have a post-it note on my uh, desk because I know that my... I also grew up in New York and I live in the Northeast and you know, in my career, I've only ever worked with other people in the North, that, not exclusively, but, you know, I've worked mostly with other people in the North. We communicate differently. And I no longer work exclusively with people in the Northeast. I work with people all over the place. And I am sometimes too blunt for people. And I can get a little wrapped up in if I was the only one that spoke up in a meeting, oh my God, where did that go? Were people upset? Did I offend people? I'll ask, on the side, I'm like, was that okay? Did I show up okay? Is everything all right? And I very rarely get told what you, nobody's ever told me what you said was out of line. That's, that's never been said to me. Um, you know, every now and then somebody will be like, no, what you said was right. I don't think they were expecting it. And I don't know if they're the ones who can make the decision about it, but you know, like there's, but I, I have this posted on my desk that says I can control my delivery. I can't control someone else's response. Just take a breath because as somebody who has crippling anxiety and control issues, I have a tendency to think a lot about whether my intention came through. Because at the end of the day, right, your intention can be whatever your intention is, but perception is reality, right? And, and if I didn't mean to offend somebody and I did, I still did. <laughs> so it still happened. Um, I can't control that. And as long as I meant as well as I can, if I get that feedback, I have to do something the next time, right? If I don't get that feedback, I don't know what I could do about it. But I also don't need to obsess about it. I can't read every email that I send to a group of people to see like, oh God, is, you know, is so-and-so from such and such department going to read that and think this, that, or the other? And I just have to send the email. Like, I just like, just be done with it. And those are things that I don't know that most people I work with every day would assume that mm. I struggle with. <laughs> yeah. But I do. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, I mean, I'm, I know I'm not the only person who struggles with it. I mean, I like to think that my awareness of that is why I, I'm decent about giving grace and trying to have tolerance. It's not always my initial reaction. <laughs> I'm usually able to go, okay, okay. Try to see what is happening over here. And, you know, like I alluded to, I'm, I, I've been through a lot of things in my personal life, um, things that I have had no control over, which again, not something that sits well with me, um, but in general, like some pretty serious stuff. You know, I have, I have family members with substance abuse problems. I have family members in prison. I have family members, like I have dealt with a lot of things that, you know, it's hard not to bring that into work, but I've tried really hard, but it's also created a, like a space in my brain where 
I have no idea what other people are dealing with. Like you have, you have no idea. Like there, I know at a job I worked at, you know, my, my maiden name is, is Murphy. And um, I joked for a really long time that it, it took me so long to find my husband because, you know, karma wasn't done with me and things just had to keep going wrong for a while. <laughs> but I just have really, I don't have the greatest luck when it comes to little things, you know, like flat tires and cars breaking down and, and, you know, the, the stove doesn't work and the fridge defrosted it and all of it happening at the same time. Like, it's just, it's just always been my life. I live in chaos. And I remember working with somebody once they sat next to me with our cubicle was across from mine. And, you know, we would chat. And one day this woman looks at me and she goes, you know, I don't even know how you show up here every day. How do you even like, how do you, and in my head, I thought if you only knew what goes on in my personal life and that, that I moonlight as an attorney, oh my gosh, that stuff is nothing. What am I going to do? You know, and in that same role, I remember explaining to somebody, there was somebody I, I worked with who um, was struggling with truly anxiety. They were struggling with anxiety and um, it was becoming a problem at work. They had changed roles because of it. Then I must have shared that I have anxiety at some point in time, um, which I do. It's fine. Um, and this person had said something about how thank you. And they had asked to like meet one-on-one and, and I had just kind of spent some time, you know, to be honest, I don't even know how to describe, I really just had lunch with this person from time to time. Like, I don't even think it was like, it wasn't a big deal, but I think this person just needed somebody who could relate and they could feel comfortable talking to. And, and we did and, and all, you know, all as well. I remember that person and I have assumedly, right. Cause I'll be honest. I don't know that much about this person's life. All I know is what they've shared. And, um, you know, and at face value, we certainly do not appear to have come from similar upbringings, similar backgrounds, you know, socioeconomic statuses, add in all the statistics, right? We, we both happen to be, you know, white and of the same identifying gender, but that's about it, right? And there was another person who I worked with, who I am very close with, and they did know a lot about my personal life. And I remember them looking at me and saying, I don't even understand how you could take that seriously, how are you even sitting with this person and having this conversation without pulling your hair out with everything that you deal with? And I said, I got to tell you, it's very real to them. Mm. I don't like the, you know, and, and I have friends who know a lot about, you know, what's gone on in my life. And they're like, oh, but I know it's not as bad. I'm like, we don't, uh, nobody, trauma com comparing is not like there's mm -hmm. no, yeah. I mean, a hangnail is very traumatic to some people because of whatever is going on in their day let alone their life. And I can't say that what I've dealt with in life was any worse or less worse than someone else who experienced something else. Or, you know, when, when things are anxiety inducing and stressful and upsetting and hurtful, that's what they are, period. <laughs> and everybody processes those emotions differently, feels them differently, they impact themselves differently. So this person who was struggling what they were struggling with to other people thought was like, what, you know, for me, I could tell, like, this was a very, like, it was a very serious hurdle for this person to overcome and they were really struggling with it. Yeah. There's so much here. There's like a million <laughs> different tangents. I'm like, where do, where do I want to go from here? Um, what I hear in your storytelling and your reflecting is that thread of self-awareness. And I think that's the difference. That's what allows you to speak up in a meeting yeah, and maybe say the wrong thing. Probably not, but it's that next level. When I think about leadership as a title and a function in our organizations, and I think about 
and I say it with affection, but like the kids that are coming into the business, they're just, they're craving that. Like, show me, show me that you're a human being and that you're not perfect. And show me some of that, of that imperfection, because it shows me that I can also be imperfect on my own journey. And it's a risk. It is a risk for a leader to show anything other than their sort of perfect buttoned up self or that version of themselves, because we all know they're not really perfect and buttoned up. And I think there's there's a reconciliation that's happening in leadership right now. There's those who so. sort of, yeah, and I kind of know what camp you're in, but like <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to really be a struggle for those that have always played the game sort of under the guise that being the smartest in the room and the loudest in the room and the most polished and put together, that that's going to get you the win at the end of the day. And I actually think there's something about the the little clunky, the little messy, the little, it's just that humanity that I think we're all craving. Um, I want to reroute a little bit because you said something and I don't know if you figured out, I know you've listened to the podcast from the beginning and I love you for that, but a lot of what we talk about is stuff that I need to talk about or that I'm feeling in my day or my life or my business. And one of the things that you shared was a coworker or a, a colleague of yours that had come to you with a situation and sat with you in confidence and shared that with you and and in essence gave that information to you. You know what's going on and you now have this story and you have this knowledge. And one of the things that I have struggled my whole life is to be the recipient of that information, which I am in business and my friendships and my all my relationships. I am the, it's 11 o'clock at night and there's a crisis. I'm going to call Meg. And the crisis could be, I got locked out or it could be, I got dumped or it could be, you name it, it runs the gamut. And I know that you and I have that in common. One of the things I'm really working on now is to let it go, to understand that even though it's been handed to me, doesn't mean that I need to carry it around with me in like a steamer trunk for the rest of my life. And it's hard because it's forcing me, we talk a lot about boundaries on the podcast, but it's forcing me to really compartmentalize the feelings and the actions and the behaviors of other people and how they affect me. And as a leader and as a woman, because like, how do we separate the two? Hmm. Like, where are you in that experience? Do you feel that? Do you relate to that? You know, as I'm, especially as I'm preparing to enter a new chapter of my life, um, as I am expecting my first child in March, as I think about, and it's mostly at work, because when I tell you I'm, I'm somebody who has a lot of who I am is wrapped up in what I do at work for better or worse. I mean, yeah. you know, whatever, but it, it is what it is. But when I think about it, you know, my husband and I have talked about it quite a bit and in general, and you know, there's a difference between being somebody who shows up and shares, who creates safe spaces, who people do feel comfortable coming to and, and going and picking it up and taking it on as your own and then fighting the fight for them. And it's that part that weighs too heavy. It's that part that, you know, and, and sometimes as I've gotten older, I've, I've not done this, but as when I was younger, I was definitely somebody who like, oh yeah, me too. It's just, you know, and you should, you know, I've just gotten older and figured out like, shut up. This is their problem. <laughs> They're not interested in hearing your stories. <laughs> or maybe they are, but it's not the time. But there are things that occur. And I have found that when it comes to especially people who report to me, I am mama bear to the extreme. And, and I will fight to the death on things that sometimes are really just not that serious and or they didn't really need me and 
I am because I don't do a good job all the time of hiding my feelings. Sometimes I don't always step in, but a, a shortcoming is that they can tell that I'm upset about what they've shared with me about what happened to them. It almost like fuels the fire of like how upset they were about something that happened. And I know you know this and you know, anybody who like looks me up on LinkedIn will be able to tell. I joined a new organization two years ago and um, the space that I work in is very different from the space previously, the space before that, like each, every place is different, but this, this space in general, it's a very unique space. I'm in a very unique spot where it's a very unique company. And I've been not only on a journey to do something new professionally, but I've really, really used this time to learn and grow on things like this. And I've been pretty successful in setting a lot of boundaries that I've never had at work before, with the exception of the one that we just talked about. <laughs> so, but I, I've not been as successful at, at not, you know, being upset during the day. And while I'm at work, I've, I'm still struggling a little to be like, okay, you know what? I'm not a brain surgeon. It's okay. Everything's okay here. We're okay. Let's get some levity. Let's be real. It's not that serious. Just go to the next Zoom meeting. I'm not the greatest at that all the time. But the fact that I can separate from it at the end of the day is new for me. Yeah. That was never, there was no separation. My husband knows everything about everybody I've ever freaking worked with <laughs> since, since we've been together because I would come home and tell him everything <laughs> and about everyone. And, you know, he also met lots of people and, you know, you become close with people and you do put faces to names and whatever, you know, and, and I've, he and I have noticed it, you know, between a job change, between being home because we all experienced a pandemic and we're home and some other things, you know, there are times where he's like, how's your day? And sometimes my answer is, I gotta tell you, wasn't that great? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, what happened? I'm, and I can now say, you know, it's really not that serious. <laughs> and we just move on and we talk about what we're gonna have for dinner versus this like barrage of, well, so-and-so and so-and-so and this and that and the other. And, and it's those conversations that we have at night now versus five years ago are so, so different. Um, my girlfriends too. I just, I don't share that anymore. It's not that it's not important, like it doesn't, but it's not. I am an underwriter. I lead an underwriting team. I work in a commercial insurance team. I am not saving lives. <laughs> I am doing important work and I take myself very seriously. I'm very proud of the work I do. I am extremely proud of the work our team does, my team does, but it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's where that goes, right? It, but we can't, you can't carry everyone else's stuff with you. You get your own stuff. <laughs> like my luggage is full. <laughs> There's no more room. <laughs> and it is heavy. <laughs> I don't need to put more things, but you just keep, you know, you keep unzipping the compartment so you can add two more inches on the, on the carry on luggage. <laughs> yep. Guilty, guilty, guilty. And it's, it's that sort of deprogramming of, I don't want to be insensitive and I don't want to be right. unavailable and I don't want to be right. standoffish and I don't want to be cold and sort of all mm -hmm. of those things that that I repel as a human, I don't want to show up that way. I hear what you're saying about taking all that, the minutia, if you will, home with you. And I think about the energy that we spend in that spiral of frustration or anger or disappointment. And there are certain relationships that I have in my life where they're kind of fueled by mm -hmm. that. And that's what we do, right? Like uh -huh. we just, that's where the Absolutely. conversation goes a hundred percent of the time. And then though there's the others that that fill me up in a different way. And I guess it's the awareness. That's the season of life I've arrived in today, which is just bringing this kind of full circle when you you have the ability and you mentioned 
unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize I had health insurance coverage for therapy. Like that was a oh <laughs> a huge awakening for me. I thought that it was going to be cost prohibitive and that it wasn't available to me. And so when I when I think about the privilege I have to have access to mental health benefits and to be using them and to really be committing to the process and kind of digging in, this is what happens. It's not fun sometimes, no. but it is a really interesting level set for a lot of the relationships that I I'm realizing now that I've just outgrown that really served a purpose for me in the season of life that I was in, but especially leaving Chicago, I, I mean, I have some great, great friends and relationships in Chicago, but when you have to make plans, when you come back, it really helps yeah. you to kind of see, I don't want to say the value of those relationships, but maybe the purpose that yes. they serve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've moved on and you work on you on your own now. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit different. And I know I'm somebody who thinks about that all the time, but I've, I've, you know, I've made a, a space for myself in corporate America and I've made it work. You know, I've been lucky to work with very good people and on very good teams and, and, and I'm able to show up the way I need to show up every day. And, and I have been for quite some time, but every time I leave, right. I, I have a tendency to get very close to people I work with. I always make a friend or two, you know, and you meet some of the greatest people. Like I, I am still so close with people that I met when I first entered the industry. I have friends from a job at Home Depot when I was in college, like, you know, like they're just people that I've, I've known for years. Right. But there are, are people who I see now groups of friends or groups of people that I go out and I think I'm a lot quieter than I've ever been. And, and there's nothing wrong. Um, it's just, I'm somebody that, tends to carry a conversation and I will notice it if I'm not. And it happened a couple of months ago and I thought this is, this is like, this is a shift, Mm. right? And it's because the relationship with the group that I was with at the time has, has changed and there's nothing wrong with it, but the, a lot of the content, a lot of what we, you know, we're all bound together by was like a common commiseration of like awful things that we were experiencing in the workplace. (laughs) Misery loves company, right? It's true. Yeah. Right. And then if that's what sustained it, and now several of us have moved on, or some of us still have ties to each other, some have relationships, um, but we're all still connected. And it was just, it's an interesting observation for me to watch myself and see that, you know, I, I was the quiet one of the group that night, which is generally not a description used for me in a conversation, but it's just because it's shifted. There's nothing, I still very much enjoy those people. Yeah. Next time everyone's in town and they want to get together, I'm I'm in, right? Um, the majority of them, those relationships are very different now. And I don't talk to those people all the time. And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We're in different seasons and, you know, I haven't moved on and left anybody behind. My life is a little bit different now. And that puzzle piece doesn't quite fit right anymore. And it's, I love that. And it's a reminder, it doesn't have to be full of, anger and venom. There doesn't have to be an incident. There doesn't have to be something that went wrong or, or hurt feelings. It's growth, right? And sometimes we're growing in the same direction. I I won't use a plant analogy, but you can, you can (laughs) picture it. And then sometimes you're growing apart and it's a miracle when you're, we're all growing together in the same direction and at the same time at the same pace, but it's very unusual. And, and I think celebrating what those relationships have been and what they represent in the history but also acknowledging like they kind of served their purpose. But again, back to that, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to be mm-hmm. a jerk, at least not intentionally. And I'm sure I do it. I just never want it to be my my MO. But it's hard when you've known people for years and years and years. And if you're somebody who's driven, which I am, by guilt and obligation sometimes, you can create feelings that maybe aren't even there. <laughs> they're they're yours, right? Like like the the other person may have no concept of that being a thing. 
we're all living our own lives every day. Everyone yeah. is. And some people, you know, are seeking a little bit more connection and need more. But, but I, I know for me, for a lot of the relationships that have changed in the last, you know, however many years or we've all just gotten older and our, the, what our lives look like change. You know, I have, I live where I live because I moved near my college roommates. I, I blame them. Now I am a Philadelphia transplant, but I've lived here for quite some time. Now I live in the Philly suburbs. This is where I live. We've known each other for 20 years, you know, but the way we interact with each other, the way, you know, we talk to each other, how frequently that happens, how often we see each I live closer to them than I, other than literally in college. I live closer to them now than I ever have in my entire life. We don't see each other very often. Mm-hmm. And I, I love them dearly. They're, they're the sisters that I chose in life, but our lives are slightly different. Each of us, we, we have wildly different career paths. We work very different hours as a result of it. You know, some of us are married. Some of us are not. I'm about to have a child. Like, 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 like there's all kinds of things that have changed and it's changed the way and the three of us, we've struggled with it. There are times I think um, sometimes around life events, sometimes just over something silly, but we've struggled and each of the three of us would do anything for each other. And, and it's, it's not a rejection of the other. It's not a moving on from each other. It's, and it sucks. Like it does. It sucks sometimes because we really, when we get together, we still, we still tell stories like we were just in class yesterday, even though we definitely were not. But it, you know, sometimes it sucks to sit and think like, these are my best friends. I haven't seen her in this minute. What? You know, and it, it's okay. Like there's nothing that nobody means, nobody's slighting me. I'm not slighting anyone else. Like, just living our lives and going through we have to to go through every day and the same thing it happens at work it happens at home like it's I don't know like I said I I try to I don't always succeed but I I try as hard as I can to think about anytime I'm overly sensitive to things and I I overly plan to whether I'm going to offend somebody or upset somebody I just asked my mother the other day if it was okay for me to send a baby shower invite to somebody who I didn't personally tell I was pregnant. Like, is that okay? Is that offensive? And my mom was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you saying to me right now? I, I get a little overly worked up over whether or not I'm being offensive and whether or not I'm doing the right or the polite thing. So I know if I think about that, maybe everyone else does it. My husband says everybody else doesn't, but I go out of my way to try to make sure that I take everyone's feelings into consideration. And I know how hard I try to do that. And I know on a lot of days I don't succeed. So when I have a crappy interaction with somebody, whether it's the closest friend I have or just some random person at work or, you know, some cranky person in line waiting for coffee, I try to remember that I know how hard I try to give people space and grace and have empathy and I'm not successful 100% of the time. So that interaction could have been that person's one bad interaction that day. I just happened to be on the you know receiving end of it. So I have a new mantra, you know, use our tools, right? So I just said it to myself before we hopped on the Zoom. I did a presentation virtually today. Somebody took a picture of the screen. There's a big old typo in my presentation. Oh, no. That's now, that's now <laughs> oh, out no. there on social media. And I'm oh, like- no. The old me, the not the old me, it's she's still in there, but <laughs> a, a past version of me would have gone to the person who posted it. Please take it down. Please hide all the evidence. And what did I do? I added a comment. I was like, hey, glad you didn't catch the typo, or maybe you did, <laughs> which only in social media land amplifies ah. the message, right? <laughs> so I've just, I've just dug myself a deeper proverbial Outed grave, yourself but, right there. <laughs> but my mantra is, Tomorrow I'll be perfect. 
And like, maybe tomorrow I'll be perfect. I, I won't be perfect tomorrow, but it takes the pressure off of today in this moment. Yeah. And I think you're one of those people that gets up in the morning and puts your feet on the ground with the best of intentions. And you get it right far more often than you don't. I know that. And I see that I Hope so. from watching the way that you navigate the world. No, you're, you're, um, it doesn't feel that way every day, Meg. I get it. I get it. And I, I don't think we're very generous with ourselves in how Absolutely. we recognize where we are in our progress that we make. So Absolutely. one of the other things that rattles around my brain often when I'm chatting with women in my life who I deeply admire and, and respect and, I wish I wish you could see yourself the way that other people do. And we are our harshest critic. Yeah. And what that little nitpicky too many exclamation points and too many like, did I really just say the word just? Did I really just diminish? Oh. I get it. I get it. And I'm there every day with you. And I think it's that that solidarity and knowing that we're all we're all doing our best on any given day. And that benefit of the doubt is so is so valuable. So thank you for being in my world. I thank you as well. And I, and I thank you for, for this. Um, we're going to hang up and I'm going to say, Oh God, I don't even want to hear this when she's done with it. And I don't want to, I'm not going to want to listen to it. And I'm not going to want to hear it or see it. I hate the sound of my own voice. I don't want to share it, but it's something that I'm looking forward to. It's something that you and I have been talking about for Oh, wow. For such a long time. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this was a good bandaid rip. <laughs> you thought I was going to forget. I didn't forget. I did. You've been on when my you, list you, since the very start, you, my friend. When you, when you text me, I was like, all right. All right. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And then I just hoped you forgot again, but you did not. <laughs> Steel trap, that memory. There's always a place for you here. And the feeling is mutual. And, and you referenced this business is gnarly sometimes and it's the people and the way that you show up for me and we just are part of such a fantastic community of women in our business who are, are. making it make sense on our terms. And yeah. whew, this is the good stuff. I just can't, I said it earlier today, like pinch me that we live in a time when we're having conversations like this and a forum like this and a platform like this. And, and I'm going to leave it there. Cause I'll just yeah. gush and gush and gush and yep. gush. But <laughs> um, next time I see you, there will be a babe. And I can't wait to meet him yeah. and give you a hug when the time is right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll catch up soon. Friends, we did it. We did it. We made it to the end of season five. Full disclosure, I had no idea if there would be a season five when I started this podcast now a couple of years ago. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's one of my proudest, it's my proudest professional accomplishment. And I am eternally grateful for each and every one of you who keep coming back episode after episode for more stories and more connection and more growth. The work doesn't stop here. I'm going to take a break. I need a break. I've earned a break. We've all earned a break. It's the holidays. Let's enjoy. But I'll be back. And in the meantime, please don't forget to support our friends over at Insure Equality. They're not on a break. They can't take a break. The work that they're doing is too important. It's too timely and it's too critical. And they need our support. And they deserve our support. And that's where I'm headed right now to show that support. Insure Equality. Dot org. Thanks again for being here and we'll catch you next season.